You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Obstacle after obstacle, blow after blow, every night a new challenge for the Sacramento Kings. Three straight blown lead losses now as the Kings are still winless in the new year. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is your daily hub for Sacramento Kings coverage each and every single weekday. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, interviews, highlights, fan takes, we have it all right here on Locked On Kings. I have the privilege of being your host. My name is Matt George. Hello, welcome. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Kings here in Sacramento. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist. Second three-game losing streak of the season for your Sacramento Kings. That ties for their longest of the season, which is good news. The fact that the Kings haven't lost more than three games so far this year, but a good opportunity to lose four straight as they have the Golden State Warriors coming in on Saturday, the Warriors coming off of a tough, uh, tough loss last night at the hands of the Houston Rockets in overtime. The Kings have had two opportunities to beat the Warriors already this year and have allowed both games to slip away. Very similar to how they have allowed these last three games to slip away. It started with a blown fourth quarter lead in the Staples Center against the Los Angeles Lakers. Then it was a blown fourth quarter lead in Sacramento against the Portland Trailblazers. Last night was not necessarily a blown fourth quarter lead. It was a blown second half lead. The Kings were up 13 points at halftime, played maybe what was their best half of basketball against the Denver Nuggets. But coming out of the break, you knew Mike Malone and the Nuggets were going to make adjustments. They're the number one team in the Western Conference for a reason. Jamal Murray went absolutely insane in the second half. I have highlights to play for you here in just a second. I'll share with you some of my many takeaways uh, from this game, both positive and negative. More on the negative side. I have a lot of stuff that I want to say and a lot of stuff that I want to talk about uh, in regards to this Kings team and their third straight loss. Uh, we'll talk about the the balance between the, the good of being competitive on a nightly basis and the bad of higher expectations in this team trying Trying to punch a hole through uh, this playoff drought, through that brick wall, and hopefully uh, make the playoffs here, sneak into the eighth seed or the seventh seed in 2019. So all of that, I also have a bunch of post-game audio for you. I have uh, audio from head coach Dave Yeager, audio from Buddy Heald, some audio from Willie Cauley-Stein, and also a fun little clip that I want to share from head coach Mike Malone of the Denver Nuggets, uh, a compliment that he had uh, of the Kings, and and he said something that had a lot between the lines in regards to uh, head coach Dave Yeager and and the Kings potentially firing him or or some in the front office wanting to fire him despite how well he's been doing uh, with this Kings team. So I have that to play for you. Uh, And then finally, a couple of phone calls. And I know so many of you called uh, and shared your thoughts last night, your raw reactions to another disappointing Kings loss. A lot of frustration, a lot of anger. I understand that. I pulled two specific clips uh, or st- two specific calls that I got on the uh, the Locked on Kings voice mailbox that I'm going to play for you towards the end of the show. One negative uh a question about Willie Cauley-Stein uh, and what the Kings can do in free agency potentially to help their uh, their their big men, to help their their center position. And then some positivity that will end the, uh, the, the show with a, a good call from a, a Kings fan from Maryland that I, I respect a lot that, that has a good perspective, I think, uh, on what the Kings are doing and what the Kings are trying to do and this season as a whole being 19-19 and 19 
through 38 games. So a lot to get to here in the Locked on Kings podcast. I'm glad you can join me for this one. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me for this podcast here today as we wrap up another week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Right now, though, listen to some of the highlights from the Kings' loss to the Denver Nuggets last night, 117-113, to courtesy of the G-Man Gary Gerald and Sports 1140 KHDK. Kings look to get the lead back on this trip. But he healed, stutter step into the lane, wrap around goes to Belly, swings it back outside the heel, eludes the defender, feeds to Bielitsa, right corner wide open. He's got the triple, a 10-point first quarter for Nemanja Bielitsa. And the Kings go back on top, 17-14, their third made three-pointer of the night. Bogey now enters to Giles, back to the basket, right side of the paint. Eight on the possession, digs to his left, goes to the left-hand hook and scores. What a nice job, under control, measured the dribble, felt his opponent, and then squared up and hit the little floater with the left hand. Harry Giles, 30-25. to Rebound to Giles. Hands to Farrell. Lead pass goes to Bogey on the left side at the three-point line. Now he creeps to the free-throw line. Inside, high window flip. He's got another one, and the Kings have their biggest lead of the night. They're up by six at 36-30, and Michael Malone calls a Denver timeout. Bogdan Bogdanovich in six minutes has scored six points. Here's a hard cut into the paint. The ball is stripped away from Gary Harris by Yogi Farrell. Races up the floor, pulls up, transition three. He's got the triple. Kings lead it 41 to 34. It's their biggest lead of the ball game. Nicely done, Boo Boo. Quick spin move by Harris. He goes for the hammer and he misses it. Comes off the iron. Kings are five on four. Harris slow getting up. They go inside to Shumpert, drops the pass to Cauley Stein. He feeds it to a late cutting Fox and Fox has the layup. The patience and the great passing by the Kings in this first half has just been exemplary. Jokic fakes the perimeter shot, takes two dribbles, picks up the dribble, makes a pivot against Cauley Stein. Cauley Stein deflects it, but it's saved by Plumley. Four on the clock. Plumley's got to create. He drives. He kicks it out. No time. Shots on the way, and they score it. Terrific job by Jamal Murray, who gets the three-pointer, and they were literally down to the last tick of the clock. Hernan Gomez out to Jokic. He hits the triple. Timeout Sacramento. How about an 11-0 run to start the second half for Denver? We figured they'd get right back in the ballgame. I didn't think they'd do it this quickly. In three minutes and two seconds, they've outscored Sacramento 11-zip to make it a two-possession, four-point game. Here's Murray now getting the high screen. Dances right, pulls up, 18-footer, got another one. 15 in the quarter, 17 in the game. 76-75, Kings by one. Millsap on the post, has to get a reset. Feeds it out on top to Murray, who was brilliant in the third quarter. He dances with the dribble. Three-point range, launches, scores. He's got 20 second-half points. 87-84, Denver has the lead. Crawley Stein, low post left. Shakes once, twice, goes to the rim, and is denied. Ball stolen by Heald, steps to the corner, three on the way. He's got the triple. He took it away from Jokic, went immediately to the deep left corner, wheeled and fired, and buried the triple. Only the second three-pointer the Kings have made in the second half, but that gets it back to a two-possession, five-point game. Timeout taken by Michael Malone in Denver. Heald now being defended by Plumlee. Drives him, pulls up, three, got another one. Buddy Heal on fire to make it a three-point game, 104-101. He's got 27. Boy, this crowd's engaged now. We're inside three minutes to go. Fox drives, 
He's fouled. He scores with his back to the basket. Count the basket on continuation. Three-point opportunity for De'Aaron Fox. Jokic, top of the arc. Couple of dribbles, not looking to shoot it. Gives it up now to Murray. Changes directions, drives left. Pulls the dribble back. Got Fox on top of him. Shot clock at two. Jab step right, three on the way. Killer! Knocked down by Jamal Murray. And this ball game is over. Michael Malone looks down and acknowledges the Kings bench. David Yeager goes out to congratulate all of his players and a warm embrace for Jamal Murray. And why not? How electrifying was Jamal Murray in the second half at Golden One Center? He ended up with 36 points on the night, 34 of them coming in this second half. Well, let's start with the positives. I thought the first half for the Sacramento Kings was fantastic. They outplayed the Denver Nuggets really top to bottom. It started uh, with a pretty even back and forth first quarter. Kings had the lead uh, pretty much from the beginning. The, the Nuggets and the Kings traded buckets and traded the lead a bit early on, but ultimately the Kings were in control for most of the fir first quarter. The first quarter ended tied uh, at 30. And then in the second quarter, the Kings really created separation. They outscored Denver 36 to 23 in quarter number two to take a 13-point lead into halftime. Buddy Heald was fantastic in the first half, uh, as was Nemanja Bialica, both of them leading the Kings in scoring. You also got good production uh, from Bogdan Bogdanovich off the bench in that half overall. Uh, and Harry Giles came into the game. He was actually the first one off the bench. So Dave Yeager rewarding Harry Giles for his positive minutes and his positive contributions uh, in the uh, in the loss to the Portland Trailblazers with early minutes. And, and Dave Yeager, you'll hear him talk about Harry Giles later, says that it was a good matchup for Harry. He liked the opportunity for Harry to make his mark in this game and Harry certainly did that you know this is another game back-to-back -back games really that Harry Giles has come in and has been better than Willie Cauley-Stein and has brought to the Kings what Willie Cauley-Stein could not now Bielitsa Got off to a great start, scored 12 points early on, and Harry actually came in and replaced Bielitsa, played the power forward position alongside Willie Cauley-Stein, who was playing the five. Instantly, the Kings' route, uh, rebounding improved. The, the rebounding overall for this Kings team was dreadful in this game, and I mean absolutely dreadful. Check out this rebound discrepancy for the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets out-rebounded the Sacramento Kings 68 the 39, including 16 offensive rebounds. If I'm not mistaken, they scored 23 second chance points. There's the difference in the game, but you didn't see that too much in the first half. You saw more of that in the second half, and Harry Giles certainly came in and did a good job uh, in the rebounding category, defensively, offensively, uh, in his limited, limited minutes. He ended up playing 19 minutes for the game, finished with six points, five rebounds, three assists, and really he should have had more assists as his passing ability was on full uh, display. And, and Harry Giles at the four. Now, he doesn't have the body yet uh, to be... Uh, the, for this comparison to be 100% accurate, doesn't have the strength yet, nor does he have that that dog mentality on the inside that he is just going to score regardless of who is on him and who's around him. But Harry Giles at the four reminds me a lot of what the Kings tried to do and wanted to do with their offense with Chris Webber. Again, I'm not comparing the two players specifically. I'm not saying Harry Giles is as good as Chris Webber. Hopefully he can become that for this Kings team. 
but the Kings are using him in a very similar way to how Rick Adelman used Chris Webber back in the day. Besides the fact that Webber was a go-to scorer, they used him on the high post. Webber was a fantastic passer for his position. You're seeing more of Harry Giles getting the ball in the high post, guards running off screens around him, and Harry does a good job finding them, either cutting to the basket or outside for the open three. Unfortunately, the Kings couldn't knock down all of the good looks that Harry got them, but I was very impressed with Harry Stein, or sorry, Harry Giles uh, in this game. He outplayed Willie Cauley-Stein, really, uh, as Willie played 30 minutes, finished with 13 points and only six rebounds, also had three assists. If you're looking at Willie Cauley-Stein's box score, it's not the worst thing on the planet, but I know Kings fans were once again frustrated, once again unhappy uh, with his production. He was, I wouldn't say bullied by Jokic. Um, he did a lot better job against Nikola Jokic uh, than what he did against Yusuf Nurkic and the Portland Trailblazers the other night. So it was better, there was improvement, but you still didn't get the impact from Willie Cauley-Stein that you wanted to see. Now, I thought Willie Cauley-Stein's effort was better overall. He was getting up. He was at least trying to contest shots, trying to block shots. He didn't finish with a block in this game, but he was doing a better job in the paint, at least making uh, looks at the rim contested. It didn't change too much as Jokic had a good game shooting inside. Uh, He finished with a total of 26 points. Uh, 10 of 18 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3-point range. The Kings were sagging off him a lot early. He started the game 0 for 3 from deep, and the Kings were willing to to allow him to shoot that outside shot. Then he started to get get it going, and they had to start stepping out on him, uh, and then he abused the Kings in the paint. But he also had 13 rebounds. He was easily uh, the better center for both teams in this game. Willie Cauley-Stein did all right. It was an all right game. It wasn't awful, but it wasn't good. It wasn't what you want to see, and he was once again outplayed uh, by Harry Giles. The Kings' ball movement was fantastic in the first half. It took a step back in in the second half. uh, Too much isolation ball, uh, but you also have to give a lot of credit to this Denver Nuggets team. Now, you know how big of a fan I am of head coach Mike Malone. You know, I love his defensive philosophy, and it's been the Denver Nuggets defense giving up only 104 points per game that has them off to this great start and has them as the number one team in the Western Conference. The Kings, their ball movement and their shot selection was fantastic in the first half. They were shooting over 50% at the break. That dropped down into the uh, into the high 20s and low 30s for the majority of the third quarters. The Kings only managed 18 points in quarter number three. But for the game overall, the Kings assist to turnover ratio I thought was was pretty good. Uh, 25 total assists, only eight turnovers. The Denver Nuggets were definitely more clinical uh, than the Kings were, though, taking advantage of those turnovers. They scored 17 points off of the Kings' eight turnovers versus the Kings only scored 10 points off of Denver's 14 total turnovers. But the difference in the second half was Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray didn't have a field goal at halftime. He had only two points. He finished the game with 36. The guy was absolutely electric from the start. You could tell he took... He put the team on his back offensively. He recognized, look, we, we, we're we not making shots. I was not good in that first half. I'm getting outplayed by De'Aaron Fox and these Kings guards. This can't happen. We are the better team. I need to step up. And he stepped up in a major way offensively. And then as a whole team-wise defensively, uh, the Denver Nuggets made the adjustments that they needed on that side of the floor, uh, forced the Kings into more difficult sp- uh, spots and more isolation ball, uh, and it, it paid dividends. They also stopped the Kings from getting out in transition. I thought the Kings did a good job running the Denver Nuggets into the ground in that first half. They looked tired uh, by halftime. 
But the Nuggets, they regrouped, they rallied, they got that halftime break that they needed, made the adjustments that they needed, and showed why they are the number one team in the Western Conference. Jamal Murray almost outscored the Kings by himself in the third quarter, and then he was huge uh, coming down the stretch. You heard some of the highlights from the G-man Gary Gerald. He hit a step-back three-pointer in the mouth of De'Aaron Fox, or rather with De'Aaron Fox's hand in his mouth, Uh, to really put the dagger in it and to seal the win for the Nuggets. The Nuggets did take a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and then the Cardiac Kings tried to stage one of their fantastic comebacks once again, brought it down to within two, but the Nuggets slammed the door shut in the faces of your Kings. Buddy Heald did everything he could late uh, to lead the Kings back. He finished with 29 points on 12 of 19, shooting another great game for Buddy Buckets. De'Aaron Fox also uh, scored the majority of his points. He finished with 16 points and 8 assists. The majority of his points came down the stretch, and I actually made a comment with a couple minutes to go. Uh, De'Aaron only had, I think, 7 or 9 points at the time, and I, I was I made the comment that I, he hadn't been very good, and he hadn't been good the entire night. I think he was torched uh, by Jamal Murray in that second half. He and the Kings had no answer for what Murray was doing. Now, granted, Murray was hitting some incredible shots, but Murray was also getting by Fox with ease and dancing on Fox and, and doing everything he wanted on the floor. Fox and the Kings had no effort, or really no chance. But I didn't see that much effort from Fox, especially on the offensive side of the ball, until the final three minutes. And this is becoming, a, a, unfortunately, a little bit of a consistent theme that I'm seeing with De'Aaron. Uh, I, I still like his game. I still like what he's trying to do. But especially recently, in, in recent games, the, the biggest two are, are this game and, and the Portland game. Uh, De'Aaron has waited too long uh, to step up and to make an impact. And, and when the Kings need a bucket in the second half or trying to end a run like what Denver uh, did in the third quarter, that's when you need your star. That's when you need your leader, your go-to guy in De'Aaron Fox to step up and take over or take control or light a fire uh, on the Kings roster. And, and I still haven't seen that. That's an element of growth that we still are waiting to see uh, from De'Aaron's game. Now, I understand that he's in just as much of a slump right now uh, and I believe he's in just as much of a slump as Willie Cauley-Stein is. Willie's issues are definitely more apparent uh, with the Kings' lack of rebounding, lack of rim protection, and the fact that Marvin Bagley is out with injury versus De'Aaron Fox does have uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Buddy Heald in the backcourt as backcourt partners that have been playing well uh, alongside him. But De'Aaron needs to improve. He needs to get better at being that leader, stepping up in the same way that Jamal Murray stepped up and made the difference for this Denver Nuggets team. So a little gripe, the only gripe that I can really come up with uh, for De'Aaron so far. Iman Shumpert, he was non-existent in this game, unfortunately. Zero points in 22 minutes, 0 of 7 from the field, 0 of 5 from three-point range, and I think four of those shots were wide-open threes that he could just not get to drop. Unfortunately, the inconsistency uh, offensively with Iman Shumpert is back. Defensively, we know pretty much what you're going to get on a nightly basis, but offensively, he he disappeared, and the Kings certainly could have used his buckets, especially in the first half, to create some extra separation. Maybe they would have had a 16-19 point lead uh, going into halftime rather than 13 had he been more on and, and been more of an established presence 
on the offensive side of the floor. One last positive uh, that I wanted to add to this before we we dive into the negative and, and before I play some audio for you uh, from the the Kings post game is I thought Justin Jackson, I think Justin Jackson has been playing very, very well recently. And I think the big difference in his game and, and the big difference that we're seeing for him is that Justin Jackson now has a very established role off of the bench. And that role is clearly to come in, provide uh, volume scoring, attack the basket when he's able, space the floor. Uh, and then defensively, he doesn't have to be a lockdown defender, but just be a good defensive pre- uh, presence that can stay in front of wings. Now, he had a good stretch towards the end of the third quarter and actually opening up the fourth quarter where defensively, Justin Jackson got back-to-back blocks. I thought he played very well on the defensive end of the floor uh, in 21 minutes. He only finished with three points, uh, but did a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. He did have five rebounds, which is only one less than Willie Cauley-Stein and Nemanja Bielitsa. Uh, also had a, a steal and a, those two blocks and an assist. He was plus nine uh, for the Kings when he was on the floor. So I really liked what I've been seeing from Justin Jackson. I think Kings fans, they were very hard hard on him and, and the majority of us uh, were very hard on him to open up this season. I think he deserves a round of applause and, and some uh, some praise for how he's adapted his role, how he's adapted his game, and another feather in the cap of Dave Yeager and the Sacramento Kings coaching staff for finding a, a established role for him off of the bench and, and making his minutes worthwhile and useful. And we're starting to see that more consistently than not from Justin Jackson, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. But let's take a listen to some of the post-game audio for the Sacramento Kings team. We'll start with head coach Dave Yeager, uh, his summary of how this game went and uh, just the Denver Nuggets being a, a damn good basketball team. Uh, Denver's a very good team. Uh, Mike does a great job, and, and uh, they, they've got a good culture of players that uh, they do a great job sharing the basketball. I think the, the storyline for us is uh, in the second half, too many offensive rebounds over the course of the game, uh, but especially in the second half and the, the second chance points is what 23 to six uh between that the free throws and then they got back doors four or five times in the second half and and uh you know that's they're good at it that's their game they, they spread you out they screen rescreen handoff uh and and i thought we had a good game plan and, and we played very well jamal murray had a had a pretty nice second half also so it's uh, put a lot of pressure on us another part of this game that i forgot to bring up the foul discrepancy between these two teams was was pretty absurd and now I tend to try and lean away or or stay away from criticizing NBA officials because I think for the majority of the time they do a good job and they have a very difficult job with the speed of the game now Uh, things only get more difficult for them but I thought at least in this game specifically uh, it was an embarrassing night for the NBA officials. They called a flagrant foul on Harry Giles that I thought in the third quarter was absolutely absurd. Harry Giles going up to contest a shot against Plumlee. Uh, they called a flagrant foul because of contact with Harry's off arm, which went into the, the chest of uh, Plumlee, but it still looked like it was just a basketball play, and, and he was going up to try and block the shot or contest the shot. Plumlee ended up falling to the ground and losing his feet a little bit, making it look worse than what it was. Harry Giles was quick to help him up and make sure he was okay. Everything was fine, but they called a flagrant foul on it, which I thought was just absolutely absurd. The foul discrepancy, especially in the first half, was really a joke, and the Denver Nuggets ended up getting to the line twice as much as the Kings did. Kings went to the line 15 times, Denver went to the line 30 times. 
Now, thankfully, Denver didn't have the greatest game uh, shooting from the charity stripe. Uh, they shot just 70%, 21 of 30, or this game could have been a lot more out of hand than what it was. But the foul discrepancy wasn't good, and uh, the, the foul game, especially in the second half, is what allowed Jamal Murray to get going, and Dave Yeager said as much post-game. He got to the foul line 10 times. Our guy got to the foul line two. And it's a lot easier when you're a shooter, and, and he is a shooter, uh, to catch a rhythm when when you're uh, when you're at the foul line. And uh, we got to do a better job of, of not fouling as much, and, and we got to do a better job of getting to the foul line ourselves. Rebounding played a massive part in this game, and unfortunately, rebounding has been the biggest kryptonite or the biggest struggle for this Kings team consistently throughout this season. Dave Yeager addressed this issue and actually brought up an angle that I didn't expect. He talked about how the Kings have a lack of rebounding from the wings, and they need to see more of that if they want to be more effective on the boards. Yeah, we you know we're not very long either at the wings, so when you are engaged and it's body on body inside, you know you want the six, seven, six, eight guys to come down and snag rebounds, you know, while somebody's, that's what we call it, engaged rebound, big on big, or on a switch and a guard's got to try to check out a big, you got to come down there uh, from the perimeter and, and uh, we're not getting enough of that. Now, I want to make sure fans understand that Dave Yeager is not giving Willie Cauley-Stein, Nemanja Bialica, and the Kings Bigs a get-out-of-jail-free card here by saying they need more rebounding from the wing position, uh, but rather he's just adding on to things that he would like to see uh, from the Kings as a rebounding team Overall, I know fans are frustrated with Willie Cauley-Stein, specifically his uh, his lack of rebounding consistency, uh, and and I don't know what necessarily they want from Dave Yeager in that sense. Um, I received a lot of comments on social media and a lot of uh, feedback on social media, and you can follow me at MattGeorgeKHDK at any time. A lot of fans were wanting Dave Yeager and the Kings players to hold Willie Cauley-Stein more accountable, and all I can say to that is... I'm not sure what you expect or what you want necessarily. Dave Yeager is not going to take the podium, nor is any Kings player in that locker room going to step up and say, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein needs to do a better job as a rebounder or he needs to grab more rebounds. The rebounding game is killing us, and Willie Cauley-Stein is a big reason for that. That's not going to happen. That's a chemistry killer. That's exactly what you do not do uh, in the NBA for a team that is building chemistry, that is trying to build a core, and is trying to work together. The one area that I guess could be better post-game comment-wise is from Willie Cauley-Stein. I'm going to play some comments for you here in a little bit. You maybe would like to see Willie step up and say uh, the right things, which is, I got to do better as a rebounder, and he hasn't necessarily said that. But if Kings fans are expecting or wanting Mike Malone uh, to say that Willie needs to be better rebounding or that uh, it's it's all on him or it's all on his shoulders or call him out or try and light a fire under him in the media, uh, you're, you're asking for way too much. That's not going to happen. That would be a terrible stance uh, for Dave Yeager to take, so adjust your expectations there. Last thing for you uh, from Dave Yeager, or rather two more things. The first thing is uh, his thoughts on Harry Giles and why he gave Harry some extra minutes. No, it's, you know, it's good. These are good experiences for him. Um, it, was, it was a good matchup, I thought, generally for him to play and um, you know, work him in there as much as I can. Finally, some good perspective from head coach Dave Yeager. He made sure to mention to the media that he's trying to keep things positive with this King squad, despite the fact that they're in this three-game uh, losing streak and all three games have been winnable. This King still, uh, this Kings team still is 519-19 through 38 games. They're competitive against the best that the West has to offer on a nightly basis, uh, and Dave Yeager sees the good and the light in that. Yeah, we've played so many games already. Uh, I think it, you know, I'm trying to keep our guys very positive at this point. I mean, I think Denver is a, is a good play, good team, and uh, 
you know, Portland's a good team. I mean, we're, we're playing, you know, it's no consolation to be playing with those teams, but tell me that when we came into the season that uh, we'd, you know, be as close as we are with some of these teams or that we'd have the record. We, I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. So uh, I'm very proud of our group and the effort that we're giving and the, the learning that is happening because of competition. You know, they're not just getting free minutes. Um, guys, I mean, look at Buddy's doing it. He's, he's had a terrific season. Willie's had a terrific season. Had a couple rough nights here lately. But over the big picture, guys are getting better, and, and uh, I think that's good for all of us. Here's some Willie Cauley-Stein post-game audio for you. Nothing split up, but you're going to hear some questions. Uh, here is it's, it's about a one-minute clip of Willie was pretty short answer tonight, and his, his post-game scrum uh, wasn't too big, but he had some decent things to say, and I know he said something in regards to rebounding uh, that frustrated some fans. Take a listen. In, in terms of like boxing out and the rebounding, can that make up for maybe the size difference or maybe guys are bigger than you guys, but if you have the box outs and the proper technique, you can still get to the ball. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, just checking out, putting the hand on him, knowing where he's at instead of, you know, just watching um, people running. You guys are coming up on the end of this stretch of 13 games all against teams in the West that are that are in playoff contention. What? How do you think you guys have done during this stretch, and what have you learned about yourselves? Um, we're just getting better. Um, each game getting better each day. Um, we just come to work. Um, so, I mean, it's just getting better, growing. What's been the biggest concern over just this three-game stretch for you guys right now? Uh, no concern. I mean, I think we just got to keep on doing what we're doing, um, play like we, we have been. Um, I mean, the chips will fall where they fall. We just got to not change what we do um, and, just, and just play how we play. Willie is not always the easiest guy to understand, and sometimes his message is lost in his comments. Uh, in regards to what he was saying at the beginning, the the players need to check down or the Kings need to do a better job checking out or checking down, uh, and and some players don't do that. He, I think he's talking more in, in regards to just putting a body on guys, putting a hand on guys, uh, making things difficult for them, not allowing them to get uncontested offensive or defensive rebounds, and at least uh, having a presence there. And that's something that Willie and the Kings overall need to do a better job of. Again, I think Kings fans were frustrated with the fact that Willie made these comments and didn't talk about himself specifically, although I'm sure in Willie's mind he understands that he needs to do better uh, as a rebounder. You heard uh, head coach Dave Yeager in in one of those last clips that I played for you talk about how he believes that Willie Cauley-Stein is having a fantastic season but is in a slump uh, as of late. A lot of that has to do with his presence on the defensive end of the floor and his presence as a rebounder. That's something that I expect to improve, but Willie also has to hold himself accountable. So much of rebounding is effort, and we just haven't seen that much effort from Willie in these recent games. But we have been seeing a lot of effort from Buddy Heald. He and the Kings always believe that they have a chance to come back and win. I mean, you know, we never feel like y'all. We all get a chance. Man, we get a gun to guys to score the ball from multiple, from multiple positions and uh, multiple times. You know, anybody get a hot night? Shout me, Bogey, Fox, Jay Jack, you know. Whatever the, the hot hand, you know, can carry us. A handful of times this season, especially recently, the Kings have built up a lead and have been in control and have allowed it to slip away. Buddy Heald talked about how the Kings need to do a better job of protecting leads and holding on to leads when they have worked so hard to build them. You just got to finish games, man. Lock in and finish game. You know, uh, it's not that young excuse. You know, uh, we right there. So we just got to finish games and uh, uh, just protect the lead, man, and uh, find a way. Like every team in the league, they find a way how to win. We should find a way how to win.
Finally, Buddy Heald was asked how good it feels to uh, be competitive on a nightly basis against some of the best teams in the NBA and some of the best teams in the Western Conference. And Buddy said, you know, it feels good, but the Kings can do more, and we believe we should be better. Yeah, it does, but, uh, you know, it still sucks not to win those games because you want to see progress. And uh, as a young team, you want to win those games and prove everybody wrong and uh, to get up in the standings and, uh, you know, our goals to get the playoffs and, uh, I mean, we'll figure it out, man. Uh, we'll be all right. I don't have much time for you, so I'm going to throw a lot of things at you here in the final couple of minutes of the podcast here. First thing I wanted to play for you, this was actually a clip pregame of head coach Mike Malone and his pregame scrum. Uh, he was asked about this this Kings squad, what he likes about this Kings team. He had a lot of great compliments for specific Kings players. And then I want you to catch what he says about head coach Dave Yeager and the Kings at the very, very end because there's a lot of reading between the lines and comments like these are what uh, I love, uh, what make me love head coach Mike Malone alone uh, and a, a lot of good stuff here from uh, one of Dave Yeager's peers as an NBA head coach. Yeah, you know, this team is a fun team to watch, uh, the Kings. Um, you know, Darren Fox, even when he was coming out, was one of my favorite players. Uh, he has a, uh, it's not just how fast he plays. To me, he's got a toughness. He's got an edge uh, and he brings it every single night. He's not going to back down from anybody. Uh, Buddy, Buddy Heal has really found his rhythm. He's playing at a high level as a shooting guard in the NBA. And to me, the luxury they have, their sixth starter, if you will, is Bogdanovich off the bench and his versatility. He can play off the ball. He can play a backup one. Uh, and he is, he is not afraid of the moment. He, he, he lives for the big shot. And, uh, and he's made many in a very short time in the NBA. So, uh, you know, Vlade, this group, they've done a great job. You know, uh, and I hope they let Dave do his job and not screw it up for him. In other words, don't do what you did to me a number of years ago when I and the Kings were off to a great start. Don't fire me and make a bad split-second decision uh, and and ruin everything and mess everything up. Stick with head coach Dave Yeager because he has this team playing well. I'm good here in Denver, but don't make the same mistake twice. I love head coach Mike Malone. Great stuff there. He's always such a good interview, regardless of if it's before a game, after a game, during shoot-around, during practice. He's got very uh, fond memories of his time in Sacramento, despite how short it was. Has a lot of friends in the media, a lot of friends in Sacramento. Got a good reception from Kings fans in the building. He will always be a a, a massive what-if uh, for the Kings, and you heard me talk about on yesterday's podcast that I think the Kings firing Mike Malone was one of the biggest mistakes in the history of this franchise. However, they do have he- uh, head coach Dave Yeager now, and and hopefully they do not make the same mistake twice and, and fire Dave Yeager for stupid really, uh, reasons that Brandon Williams or, or the other certain members of the Sacramento Kings front office feel are are justifiable reasons. But hopefully uh, that is has certainly died down and, and that has been put to bed and we don't have to worry about that or have that conversation at all regardless of this three-game losing streak for the Sacramento Kings. I always try and uh, take and, and add as many calls as I can here. If you uh, haven't heard, that we are doing a brand new thing here in 2019 on the Locked on Kings podcast. We've set up what is called the Locked on Kings voice mailbox. It is a uh, number that you can call in right now or at any time if you have anything off your chest or any questions for me. Uh, you can ask them directly via this uh, voicemail box. You call this number. It goes right to voicemail. You leave your takes there. I listen to them all, try and respond to as many as I can, and then I even add some and bring some to the Locked on Kings podcast here so you can uh, have an opportunity to hear yourself on the show. That number that you can call right now, 
909-566-0232. It's a good way to respond to anything you heard in the podcast, anything you wanted to add. If you want to have a chance to be on a future show, that is the place to do it. But there are two uh, specific calls that I got. Now, I got a lot of calls yesterday, a lot of them fans voicing their frustration. Uh, I heard those, I listened to those, and I understand. But the two that I wanted to play are, are, are on two different spectrums. One uh, is, unfortunately, the, the gentleman didn't leave his name when leaving this message, but he asked a good question in regards to if the Kings decide to go in a different direction and not re-sign Willie Cauley-Stein, who could they potentially go out in free agency and get to bring in to either be Marvin Bagley's backup or be Harry Giles's backup or help with the rebounding, the rim protection, and the shot blocking. Uh, take a listen. I don't know who this was. I Thank you for the phone call regardless. I hope you're listening so you can uh, get the opportunity to hear yourself here uh, on the air. But uh, take a listen to a great question from a, a Kings fan following this Kings loss. There is no way that the Kings can re-sign Willie Cauley-Stein after this year. We have Giles, we have Bagley, who have both proven to protect the rim and get rebounds. So who do you think that we can get in free agency that could also help in doing those things? Thanks, Matt. While I don't necessarily agree that there's no way that the Kings could or should re-sign Willie Cauley-Stein, I think that might be a uh, a heat-of-the-moment reaction uh, by that gentleman. Price certainly has to, to uh, play a part in it, and I'm sure the Kings are not going to overpay for Willie if it just doesn't make sense and if he's not providing what they need him to provide consistently, especially if they can get that same production for a lot less uh, money from either uh, Marvin Bagley or Harry Giles. And I did tweet out last night that I do believe had Marvin Bagley stayed healthy and had he been uh, continuing to develop on the uh, the pace that he was developing over the last month before he got hurt, I believe at this point he probably would be a starter. Now, I don't know if that's over Willie Cauley-Stein or if that's over Nemanja Bialica, uh, but I do believe that Marvin Bagley can do consistently what Willie Cauley-Stein has done. Now, Willie Cauley-Stein is a more polished offensive player as of right now, uh, but Marvin Bagley, I think, does the other things, rebounding and shot blocking, just as well, if not better, uh, than Willie Cauley-Stein. So, in the event the Kings elected not to re-sign Willie, I have two guys uh, in mind. Well, three, but two in particular. One a power forward and one a center, depending, uh, depending upon what hole that the Kings are trying to fill. Uh, if you're looking at the power forward, position I really like the opportunity for the Kings to potentially go out and uh, try and re- or try and sign unrestricted free agent Thaddeus Young power forward 68 out of Indiana what does he do well he scores pretty well but he is a rebounder and he is a rim protector Thaddeus Young is just a solid presence on a night in night out basis that you can bring in off the bench he's been solid for uh, uh, the Indiana Pacers for the last couple of seasons you might have to pay a little bit to get him out of Indiana and to get him uh, in Sacramento uh, he's currently earning uh, 13.7 million dollars this season so it may take around the 15-16 range. You don't necessarily have to sign him to a long-term contract either, but Thaddeus Young is a a good piece that I wouldn't mind the Kings being interested in or or making a call of or taking a flyer on uh, come this summer. Now, things can change. It's a lot of time between now and then, so if you're asking me, as of right now, who I like, Thaddeus Young at the power forward position is the one that I am going to give you. At the center position, uh, there's two names. I've seen uh, Ennis Cantor come up a lot. The A lot of Kings fans like uh, just his consistency, especially uh, on the glass. He's currently making $18.6 million this year. The Kings would have to probably play, uh, pay him upwards of $20 million to get him to come next year, and that might be too much for someone who's going to, for the most part, uh, have a, a bench role unless they wanted to start him at the center. 
uh, and have Marvin Bagley start at the four, or, or regardless of what they try and do, I don't know if Ennis Cantor is the right fit uh, for how the Kings play. Someone who is a good fit, but has a player option. This is a guy that I've always liked. Uh, is Nerlens Noel, the uh, the 6'11 center currently with the Oklahoma City Thunder. A rim runner, a shot blocker, and a rebounder. That is literally all he does, and he is aware of it. He doesn't have the offensive game of Willie Cauley-Stein, but he's a better rebounder overall and a better shot blocker overall in his limited minutes off the bench for OKC, and he's not going to be super expensive. Of course, he does have that player option, so if he chooses to stay in Oklahoma City, uh, they're playing very, very well right now, and he very well might do that. Uh, But if he goes to chase a payday, I would not mind the Kings being involved in those negotiations and in that conversation. So hopefully those names uh, spark some kind of interest or or, or a good conversation. We'll see how that changes uh, towards the the start of free agency and towards the start of this summer and depending upon what the Kings want to do with Willie Cauley-Stein. But to answer your question, those are a couple of good names for you there. The last thing, last call I wanted to play for you and what I wanted to specifically end with today uh, is this great call from Jeremy all the way from Maryland. He's a fantastic Sacramento Kings fan. Uh, and and he really provided, I thought, some good, positive, optimistic perspective of how this King season has been overall uh, and really did a good job summing up what there still is to be positive and excited about from this Kings team despite the fact that they're on this three-game losing streak. Hey, Matt, it's Jeremy from Maryland. First thing I want to do here is discuss you, right? What do you call your viewers? You always say, my man, right? Well, let me tell you, from me and behalf of all your viewers, Matt, you the man. You the man for uh, for letting us all get a little bit closer to this great franchise and follow them closely, especially for someone like me on the other side of the country. Uh, second, let's discuss the Kings. Let's discuss this stretch of doom they're in, right? Uh, it, it has been tough. It has been tough, especially of late. But let me tell you, in my view, it's not about how they do necessarily within this doom. Uh, And it has been tough, but it's about how they spring out of that doom. And to me, they have a real opportunity here to spring out of it like a bat out of hell and show show the world that we are the Sacramento Kings. We got a lot of games coming up out of this doom. uh, Against lesser, lesser foes from the Eastern Conference, one game thrown in against the Phoenix Suns. I think we've got a stretch here of like eight games where we can really we can really take advantage and, and get back into it. So so let's go. Let's go, Kings. Very well said, Jeremy. A man after my own heart. I appreciate the optimism and I appreciate the positivity and thank you for the kind words there at the very beginning. You're an awesome fan and I appreciate you making the extra effort not just to be a Kings fan and to watch these Kings games all the way from the East Coast and all the way from Maryland, uh, but to be a part of this Locked on Kings podcast and to call in. Uh, it was, I'm sure it was very, very late when you called in in Maryland last night, so thank you for taking the time to leave that voice message and uh, and I appreciate everything that you do for this, this Kings fan base and uh, and for this Locked on Kings podcast. You are fantastic, and I know there are many of you out there that agree with Jeremy and have the same uh, same take. Again, I thought Jeremy summarized it very, very well. This three-game losing streak is disappointing. Kings could have realistically won all three of these games. Uh, however, there's still a lot to be excited about. Like Dave Yeager was saying, there's some good uh, from the Kings being competitive on a nightly basis against what the best teams uh, have to offer. And like I said in yesterday's podcast, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Now, the Kings have the Golden State Warriors here on Saturday, which is going to be a tough task. And Kings have almost beaten the Warriors twice this season, uh, but almost 
only matters what's the saying in horseshoes and hand grenades or whatever that dumb thing is. Uh, but regardless, the Kings have a good chance and, and a good opportunity to finally take one of these games and win one of these games against Golden State. And after that, the schedule opens up con- uh, conveniently and, and significantly. And I mean significantly. After that game, look at their next few. Orlando, Phoenix, Detroit, Charlotte. They have Portland again, Charlotte again, Detroit again, Brooklyn again. A lot of Eastern Conference opponents that the Kings played very well against to start the season, so hopefully they can continue that trend and get back into their winning ways and get back above 500. But it begins with a good showing against the Warriors on Saturday. If you're going to the game, would love to see you. Come by, say hi. Be sure to drop me a follow on Twitter and let me know that you are going at MattGeorgeKHDK there. I'll be sure to follow you back. Great place to get in conversation with me. You can also email me, mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. And finally, uh, be sure to, if you have the opportunity, to either call into our brand new phone line uh, and voice mailbox. That would be fantastic. Or you can uh, leave a review of this Locked On Kings podcast either on the iTunes store or wherever you're able to leave a review, wherever you listen to this podcast. That helps us out a bunch, so please do that. We certainly would appreciate it. I went long today. I hope you do not mind. Uh, a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of stuff to touch on here as we head into the weekend. We'll be back on Monday. It's a regular week here on the Lockdown Kings podcast Net, uh, next week. Thank God you will have five straight shows Monday through Friday, which is great. We will recap this Kings and Warriors game and a whole lot more. So I look forward to having you join me next week on the Locked on Kings podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.